From farming, fashion and food and drink to field sports and equestrian content, the In The Country podcast brings you the very best of modern rural living. Welcome back to the In The Country podcast with me, Holly Ella. Me, Kate Woodcock. This week, um, we are, are we week seven or week eight of lockdown? We're going to be talking to you about the mood boosting films that you might want to be watching right now what storms, delights, disasters we are cooking up in the kitchen and the favourite purchases from lockdown. First up, Holly, tell us what you've been watching. Well, I have, I think I'm a bit late to the party with this, but I've started and now finished in two nights watching Normal People. So it's not a film, but it is a TV series that everybody is talking about and honestly if you haven't watched it watch it it is incredible i i'm i think it's based on a book um i haven't read the book it is Is based on a book by sally rooney and i i'm so excited about this because i haven't watched it at all i am one of the i would say the one percent of the population who bought that book started reading it not for me Oh, are you serious? I hadn't seen it. I hadn't heard of it. I'd, I mean, I'd heard about the series on the radio, and and I know I wouldn't read the book. So to watch it, I was kind of like, oh well, I'm gonna pick up and see what people are, you know, talking about. The guy Connell, I am obsessed. He is just his accent. Oh, it's in an Ireland, right? Yes. Yeah. So the plot is, is, am I right in thinking from, I'm embarrassed to admit that I started this book and didn't get on that well with it because no one else understands me. And that is me. That is definitely not Sally Rooney. That is entirely me. Um, Am I right in thinking? So young couple, kind of teenage, late teens, they set in Southern Ireland. He's kind of the cool popular boy at school. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit more normcore, bit geekier you know, a bit more normal, and they basically start dating. Yes, yeah, and she is massively awkward, and I don't want to ruin this for anyone because I've binge-watched the whole thing. I think it is on BBC Weekly, but I've just done the whole thing. So it basically follows the this couple um, over a series of years through school and college, um, and the relationship progressing, but also just the really real kind of awkwardness of of a young couple dating and kind of navigating things um and yeah i absolutely loved it loved it okay i'm dead i'm so glad the bbc did it because it feels as though it was such a cult book and so many people got so into it and obviously that portrayal of that amazing spark so exciting can't get enough of each other can't keep your hands off each other bit of a relationship I just mm-hmm. feel if someone else, like an ITV or even a Netflix, had done it and kind of Americanized it, I, I don't know how I'd feel about it. But yeah, I know I feel just from ev- from all the people who told me, you included, that how much they've enjoyed it. I know it's going to be good. And I also the thing I've seen all over um, Instagram this week is people saying, I I'm gutted that I binge watched it. <laughs> I kind of am as well, to be honest. But I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's it's Sunday nights, isn't it? It yes. Uh, no, it was last night. Yeah, it was on. La- it was on last night, I think. Okay. I think. Do you think? So my brother-in-law, um, we were having a Zoom chat about it um, as a family, and he was like, "Not one for the boys. Just, just girly. 
And I was like, is it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Because he's very, um, he, my dad referred to him, this is how we refer to some people. He referred to him as a flannel. Um, <laughs> it's a bit flannelly. Um, and he's very in touch with his emotions in a way, but then he's also really reserved. So I think for some, some guys, it, it will be great. But I do think it's, um, it's, it's, I mean, in a way, it's a little bit like modern, more realistic, less cringe, Fifty Shades. So I've seen, I've seen it compared. Have you ever read um, One Day by David Nichols? I was literally just about to say to you. Okay. <laughs> That's what I, that is what I thought when I was watching it. So I've not read the book, um, but I have read One Day and I actually read it when I had a, um, an ex-boyfriend of mine years and years ago, we read it together, but apart. Oh, the that's book. so cute. That's so <laughs> romantic. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> Never romantic. done anything like that since. Um, but then we watched the film when it came out. And yeah, it, you, it does have that kind of similarity to it. Um, but, but it is very different. Like one day is a lot less kind of intense. And obviously the, the, the characters are older. Yeah. Um, Okay. There, there is similarities it's really really good but one day is a good film to watch if you haven't watched it it's i, I have watched the film i loved the book so much that the yeah, film never did. did match up for me um, no. just i read that as a book club actually and it was one of those that everyone just came out going wow yeah just yeah amazing. and just so it's so touching and just such a lovely story um so yeah so what films have you been watching then so I have been, well, we wrote a piece on the site about mood boosting films. Um, and I, I know that you're the big Disney fan. Uh, mm-hmm. But the first, yeah. film, the first film that I watched coming into lockdown, all those many weeks ago when I was, my hair was shorter and I was many pounds lighter, um, <laughs> I wa- was Up. Oh yes, you put that in the, in the piece. Yeah, so Disney Pixar's Up, which, my husband made me watch and I usually resist any film that will make me cry because there's enough sadness in the world and it's just not what I'm looking for from a film ever. So in terms of films that really, i.e. good films that really make you emotionally engage, I'm not normally, I have to really rally myself for that. I'm much more inclined to to others, which are on the feel good list. So I'll get to those in a minute. But um, <laughs> yes, you cry, but the story of an elderly widower, um, you know, seeking his, the adventure that he was always going to go on with his wife and never actually managed to because they were busy living their lives. The way that Pixar do it in the heart-wrenching way that only they can, uh, sees him go off on an adventure to a fictional land in South America where he meets talking dogs and sort of Bonzo Dulali crazy bird. And it just, it's, it's really magical, isn't it? And the Yeah, you've seen it, right? Well, (laughs) I have seen parts of it. I've never watched it all the way through. So there's bits that I'm I'm, like, I get the the gist of it, but the, you know, I don't, I can't relate to what you said. So I should watch it really, because I haven't sat down and seen it the whole way through. I've seen the sad bit and I know the dogs and the, the bird and the house in the balloons, but I haven't kind of sat down and kind of engrossed myself in the story. Having just watched it again 
for what's probably the third time in you know a decade or so, whenever it came out since it came out i that thread you do need to watch the whole film like any mm. film if you want to get out of it and realize how good it is you've got to watch the whole thing and i i do recommend that one um and at the end yes i do cry every single time <laughs> i watch it but i always come out feeling better it's like a cathartic you get your your cry that was there all along the film didn't make you cry you're always going to cry because it's sad right now that comes out of you and you feel better for having watched it so um my other films i did have to put my favorite all-time favorite film in there which i don't know anyone who doesn't laugh and smile at it is four weddings and a funeral yes so lovely just so lovely just and again you cry you cry when what is the name of the character who dies spoiler alert a funeral um <laughs> I can't help you, I'm hopeless with things like that, I'm awful. The gay couple, the older gen, <laughs> they are at a Kaylee at the Scottish wedding of Andy McDowell and he has a heart attack and it's tragic. But all, I also love it, I just love Richard Curtis's humour. It's so British, it's so of its time. And you know the thing, I once wrote an article about this because I just think it's such a good film. Um, <laughs> that I find so interesting is you never know what any of the characters do for a job and as silly as that sounds in no other I've film I think of does it never come up like nowadays that's a primary thing you ask someone hi how you doing what do you do yeah I had not thought of that that's a very good point you literally don't have a clue and it's just so it's just very focused on the actual humanity of the people it's yeah, not, yeah, it's not showy in any way, shape, or form. It's a real warts and all, laugh out loud British comedy, really. So there's some great films in there. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned that um, I love Disney. Anyone that follows me or knows me will know that I love Disney. And there's been a bit of a thing going on on Instagram this sort of last week about me watching Disney pretty much every night I've kind of gone through a list of films and somebody actually had a guessing game as to what film I was watching on on what night and so I've watched um it's just some Disney films if you if you fancy it Aristocats Brother Bear which I hadn't seen in years um what else was Brave um that is always one that I've wanted to watch but never really never really watched and I absolutely loved it yeah Disney is 100% right up my street and I have cried at every single Disney film that I've watched this week. Um, I'm highly emotional at the moment. <laughs> what, but one of the films that I put into the article that we did was The Longest Ride. Um, kind of about, I mean, it's, some of you may have seen it, but it's it's about um, a bull rider in America and falls in, in you know, falls for this, this girl who's kind of not into that that lifestyle she's um into art and it just follows their sort of relationship you know as those kind of films do ups and downs and whether they can kind of stick it out but it's it's great because it's got that kind of country horsey really attractive american you know just vibe to it hot cowboys yeah exactly exactly so um i'll put a link in the show notes to that article if any of you want to read it and get some film inspiration because there is nothing better to do right now than, than just binge watch films <laughs> yes yes i would agree because um not that we are a newscast in any way shape or form we always want to be light-hearted and to bring you the type of content that we love creating and you come to us for um i think we can't really avoid 
the weekend's announcement from Boris Johnson. Uh, so yeah, watching, despite any lack of clarity, I would like to stick my neck out and say, to me, what came across from that was, if in doubt, stay home. And yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, and watch films. Yeah, I, I kind of am the same in in what you've said and we kind of touched on this before we hit record um and i know there's so much kind of controversy around the announcement but it kind of has left me i mean i completely understood what he said and i got it and i thought the message was relatively clear the one thing that i feel was not spoken of enough was the socialising, which realistically is the one thing that is probably the most risky for like a second, you know, second wave. If people suddenly go out and, you know, in the last few weeks, we've seen examples of that, but if people suddenly go out and think, right, well, I can sunbathe in a park now, I can go to the beach, they will go in their, in their you know, tens, hundreds with beer, with barbecues, and it'll just be an absolute nightmare. That's my point that I'm, I just think, oh, and I wish there was clarity on that. Clearer. And I was listening to um, a chief medical officer, A, not B, this morning um, on the radio, just saying, we are sad that it wasn't clearer and we'd just like it. Hopefully it, that will be cleared up over the next 24 hours or so. But he put it really well when he said, there will be some kind of second wave because that's how these things go it's just about minimizing that as much as possible and we are at a really critical point now obviously everything we've got we've done so far let's not make it be for nothing and also his point was um my staff are on their knees you know we have mm -hmm. dental nurses holding the hands of the dying and that's not what these people are trained for so they're not emotionally geared up enough to to even cope with the second wave and I just thought that was so powerful an image that any thoughts I've had of being a bit more lax in my own dealings socially um, have completely gone by the wayside now because I'm like, no, we have to stay in. I can stay in. I must. So, and I, what annoyed me was people getting really irate and saying, oh, he hasn't told us what to do. I, I do get that from a business perspective, but from an individual perspective, for the majority of us, it's clear yeah and i i agree and like for me and i'm sure there's a lot of people that can um relate to this you know the way that's that announcement in particular i thought as you've said was really powerful and you know it's hard to sometimes i think disconnect like he has an impossible job right now he has an absolutely impossible, he's in an impossible position and everything he's doing is, you know, is, is just, he's never had, no one has ever had to deal with that in the way that he has before. And so for us to sit and criticize, you know, he hasn't said this, he hasn't said that, but what he has said is relatively clear. It's powerful, it's human and it's with you know responsibility and i just i just think you know ev the whole situation is mad and like i mean i i was the one that just said you know that i wish it had been clearer on socializing but like you've said you know if in doubt stay at home 
and that is that is it really you can't do if you're not it's still the same if you're not an essential worker please stay at home um so we have our stance on it which is carry on do your bit <laughs> on to lighter notes we've talked a lot holly and i and also I've been talking a lot to different friends and it's been a lot over social and we have done a piece about it on the site about um, kitchen lockdown and the lessons that we're learning, the things we're making and cooking and obviously the national run on ingredients for banana bread has been pretty <laughs> intense, let me tell you. I have a, a little Italian deli at the top of my road who have A, saved my... Uh, stomach and my marriage no doubt during <laughs> lockdown but these guys are buying 25 kilo bags of flour and just like parceling it up and selling it to people for the oh my god <laughs> i mean they're a deli they sell pasta but they've just they've realized and they're amazing we love them they're just absolute hustlers and i think it's great um nothing like a bit of uh you know adapting to survive but um yeah so my i've actually i think i've learned a lot from kitchen lockdown I have learnt from not wasting anything and when you've got 90% of the ingredients for something interesting you want to make you can kind of, you know, things like breadcrumbs stale ends of breadcrumbs suddenly I'm blitzing them up and making my own I never thought to do that before, I just bought a packet of breadcrumbs from the shop <laughs> Yeah, I think you're, you're very, um, you know, like we've said before like you've baked things for me, you're very kind of in touch with that thing whereas I perhaps am a little less like that you know because I, I live at home with my mum and my sisters at the minute so whereas before I was living um, with James and I was cooking the dinners and all that sort of stuff so there's been a different there's kind of been a change for me in that sense but definitely learning not to waste things and to use things that already are in your kitchen um is something that we as a family have really really kind of embraced during this this lockdown for sure that's cool so did your mum do the majority of the cooking um she she does yeah um she does enjoy it she says literally it's the highlight of her day at the moment um but i do me and my sister my um sort of middle sister we have been kind of making our own thing because we're kind of trying to you know like work out exercise stay in a good shape as much as we can when we're not craving chocolate um so we have been kind of experimenting with our own things but then again they are literally what is in the house and one thing for me has been um to get into the habit of having breakfast because I never ever had breakfast before just never appealed to me couldn't do it couldn't almost stomach it in the mornings whereas now do you have breakfast before you go to the yard or when you come back no when I come back um because I think for me like the yard getting up and doing the horse in the morning is so ingrained mentally that I almost I'm almost on autopilot until I come back um so yeah i can kind of function doing that and then when i come back it's kind of ready to start the day and get on with things so breakfast um i i have fresh fruit um kind of every morning now which is a bit of a kind of it's it's quite expensive but it is such a good way to set up the day and i know you've written something about 
you know, I think you, you wrote about smoothie, kind of breakfast brunch smoothie. Um, and yeah, I just, I think, I think that for me, I've kind of learned that breakfast I love is a definite necessity. And whilst that obviously going out for fruit is not necessarily, you know, a kind of need to shopping trip but if you can go out and incorporate that with everything else um and we can help out mum by going to the shop and picking up things that she needs and vice versa um then it works but yeah no waste and embrace breakfast really i love it breakfast has always been for me i'm like you i'd get up and do a task exercise do at the moment i'm getting up and doing a pilates class some mornings not every morning at all maybe three mornings a week and then I always wait until after that and then the food that you have after that I swear tastes so much better because I'm tired and you know craving it um and I actually every time I do a Pilates class I then have the smoothie that's um the smoothie the recipe that I put on the site which is essentially bananas cashew nuts dates which give it a really nice kind of caramelly flavour. Ooh. Um, you can chuck in anything. You can chuck in, I've got, I keep blueberries in the freezer to throw in. And if if I buy fruit, particularly at the moment, it's sometimes taking a bit longer to get to you. So it's sell by date is a little bit closer. That That's one thing I was actually going to talk, I was going to mention. Have you noticed, and this is not a criticism, it's just an observation, that the fruit that you're buying from shops at the moment, the quality is not as good yeah whether it's because it's coming from certain places that are kind of you know they're affected by COVID-19 and their normal growing um how long they would normally wait before they harvest something is different or would they pick different fruits is is longer or or whatever so that's been affected and and the actual produce is different or like you say it's because it's taken a while to come over and it's it's then been affected. I mean, I had raspberries this morning and probably 70% of that packet I wouldn't eat. The raspberries are the worst. So yeah. for V day last week, I made a um, Mary Berry kind of almond lemon simple sponge in yeah. a rectangle. And then I covered it with um, cream icing. And then I used blueberries and raspberries to make a Union Jack on the top. And I have to say, quite pleased with my results actually. But yours was better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> did you go round? I feel you went round with yours. We did go round, yeah. See, this is not my first time at the rodeo. I've done round one before and it's tricky to get the fruit on. So I specifically <laughs> bought the rectangular sponge tray. When else would I need that? You know, <laughs> during lockdown. And I made this cake. But the second, the raspberries, my food shop, the only food shop I could get to deliver was on Tuesday. Raspberries arrived, had to freeze them straight away because I knew that they would not last the four days until Friday. And it's it's a you know, it's a catch twenty-two. I never want to online shop. I'm really mm. passionate about shopping locally. Um I say local produce, but I live in West London, so that's a bit of a stretch. Um <laughs> but I would really, you know, obviously we've lost our farmers market because of this, and I miss it so much. Um and what I've really learned is that supermarkets, so they've been great for essentials that I can't go out and carry, tins of tomatoes, you know, all that kind of thing. And when you don't want to unnecessarily socialize because they're busy all times of the day, 
I love how I'm calling supermarket shopping socialising. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch. Um, so yeah, I have been doing a weekly shop a couple of times a month when I can get one, but they are few and far between. So I've learned as well that by the time your shop comes, there's maybe 10 items that they've substituted or 10 items that you couldn't get, or exactly as you say, the sell by dates are really, really near and you're having to throw things things in the freezer. So I've been thinking a lot about localism and reading a lot about it and how coming out of this, wouldn't it be amazing if people realized that their local shops actually, it's better to distribute and not rely on the supermarket chains where the quality is going to go down in a rush. And actually, if everyone just has sticks in their area and has a local shop, that you don't get that rush, you don't get that shift because the you haven't suddenly gone from having X amount of people to Y amount of people. You're, the, the kind of shopping habits would remain the same because it's for that particular group. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think this is maybe grounds for an article. But um, we... I am the same as you that actually, you know, going to the supermarket now, you know, now and probably a little bit before lockdown, but especially afterwards, the way what I would buy from a supermarket has changed. It is kind of the the things that aren't necessarily fresh. And even more so throughout this, when it comes to the fruit, I've kind of realised that actually... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that the fruit is, as I said, it's it just the sell-by date is too close or it's it's just not what it was before. Or maybe it's coming from different places to what you would normally expect to find. Whereas from your farm shops, all these um, fresh organic veg boxes that are local, they are British, that actually you've got that kind of, that organic, that fresh, that local and supporting, you know, British farming and British produce whereas you're not able to find that really from a supermarket mm. anymore and you know well at the moment and potentially anymore because that seems to have changed I think the I think our whole outlook as well will change in terms of we've kind of realized actually that these kind of global chains break more easily than we realized before um, and that isn't necessarily something even with you know manufacture is it practical to get things manufactured where we used to will manufacture and come back in the uk but if anyone has any thoughts if anyone listening has any thoughts about um supermarkets versus local shopping and whether your habits have changed maybe we could write an article on that so if anyone has any ideas please do get in touch it would be really nice to hear from you um on to uh well speaking of shopping <laughs> We had a little chat about lockdown purchases and I'm very glad to know what Holly's been purchasing during lockdown. Oh, to be honest, it's been a lot of, a lot of browsing um, and a lot of trying to talk myself out of things that I don't need. Um, I did buy though a um, Love Wins t-shirt for comic relief. I think it's with the illustration by... um, Charlie Mackesy. Oh, I love those. Yeah, so I've got that. And and also, I had purchased a few things before lockdown, and they are in my wardrobe, and I have been dying to wear them, and I haven't been able to. So that has been in the back of my mind. But things like Amazon are just deadly. I mean, we've ordered about five puzzles, and 
they're out of stock. So they'll probably arrive once lockdown is over. <laughs> Please, can you tell me what your puzzles are? I'm really excited we, about puzzles. <laughs> so we've got a, um, we got my sister for, she finished university, her university work um, on Friday. So we had a little celebration at home, just us girls um, for that. And we bought her, yeah, <laughs> we bought her a um, Cornwall puzzle. Uh, because she went to university in Falmouth. So we've got that one. We finished a Christmas one. Um, I have a Disney one, obviously. Obviously. Um, and we've ordered a, it's like, it's like Noah's Ark, but it is beautiful. It's a beautiful puzzle. Um, but mum has a has like a wooden one, like a really kind of traditional wooden one, which we've done as well. Um, so yeah, we are serious puzzle fans here. Can I ask how many pieces on average we're talking? Because this has become quite, I've learned this is quite key. No less than a thousand. Okay, that is punchy. That's intense puzzling. Right, that mm-hmm. tells me everything I need to know about your puzzle platers. Because I learned this. So I had an old one kicking around of Corfe Castle in Dorset. Yeah. Um, which I used to go to a lot as a child and I'm still mildly obsessed with. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Yes. Disney film, obviously, of course. <laughs> um, I worry they remade it. Have you seen the original with Angela Lansbury? Yeah, I'm talking the original. I don't know about a new one. I just, you never know with Disney. They might have gone rogue and suddenly, you know... You somebody told me, I don't want to interrupt you, but somebody told me that apparently there's a... Um, it might have even been you. Um, a agreement with Walt Disney, could be wrong, that each of the films, every 10 years, they renew them. They re- That's why we've got so many remakes coming. Don't know if that is true. I haven't heard that. But in contracts apparently apparently that is um yeah never knew that hence why we've got like lady in the tramp lion king jungle book aladdin obviously as a purist that in a way freaks me out but Mm. it's quite nice that these to think that these stories will if that's the way that they continue to be passed down through generations they but would you would you show your child you know in the future original lion king or new lion king I would say, I nearly, in every conversation I would say, original, but I did really like the new Lion King and I feel that they might engage with that more because of how animation works and what they would become used to watching. I guess, I guess so. It's it's tricky because I would want to go for the originals, but as you say, is is the other new ones more engaging? Interesting. But back to shopping. <laughs> back to shopping. So I did, sorry, just quickly with this Corf Castle puzzle. It was great, oh, yeah, yeah. but it was only 200 pieces. And that's, oh, no. you know, that's that's a couple of glasses of wine and you've done that. You could do that in, you could do that in an afternoon. So I quickly learned, I have ordered one for my mum because I'm trying to send her. This is some of my lockdown purchases. I've been sending little things to my mum to just try and cheer her up because she's a bit fed up. And um, as is everybody living alone. <laughs> all loving it actually there are days when I would like to live alone um but uh I sent her I spent ages perusing ones on eBay because a little bit like books I thought you can get them secondhand and then I freaked out a bit that they should be new and packaged for her because she's over mm-hmm. 70 mm-hmm. so anyway quickly found Waterstones an amazing selection all sold out oh WH Smith when I last looked had quite a few going um, and I but then I found a little puzzle shop in Yorkshire which we may actually have to put in the show notes Holly if we can this is yeah. a horrible little puzzle shop 
who um, I got in touch with and they're independent and I said are you guys able to um, are you able to dispatch and they were like yep no problem it'll probably take three days so um, oh. they're called BD Price and they're based in Yorkshire and they're very well priced puzzles and I bought the 500 piece drifting downstream which is basically a kind of narrow boat and a Tudor cottage and some beautiful summer flowers and it just was the quintessential place I wanted to be and I bought that for my mum. Oh that sounds amazing we'll, we'll definitely put that in the show notes and I'll show my mum because she wants more puzzles. Gibson's. <laughs> um, Gibson's are the best um, puzzle makers I think hmm. they're the kind of the, a really old British one and they have those quintessential really nice kind of scenes um, and I have a Frida Kahlo one that my mum gave me as a birthday present and I put in a box under the television with all the games and thought never am I going to do that <laughs> now I am <laughs> but I was just, we were the same as you we thought well we could do potentially like a puzzle swap um, with somebody in our local area and we did panic a little bit and we were like actually mm, I'd rather have a brand new one because right? I mean nobody's going to anti-back a thousand pieces of a puzzle um, <laughs> and my mum would not let it in the house unless it was so yeah we we had that panic as well but um one thing that I am doing um lockdown shopping is me and one of my friends um locally we're doing a gift exchange so it's a great idea if you are missing your friends or you've got family like you're kind of doing with your mum but um just something a little bit different we We've agreed, it's essentially a box full of goodies for your friend. Um, and I've delivered a couple of care packages to, to a few friends, um, door stop drop, and kind of with essentials, G&T, cleaning stuff, chocolate, um, films, all that sort of stuff. But we have essentially set a, a limit. Um, I think we've done £30. And we're essentially, you know, it does what it says on the tin. It's a care package full of goodies that you can exchange with your friend, a little card, handwritten notes and stuff, let them know you're thinking of them and missing them and things. Um, and, you know, hopefully it's gonna brighten each other's day and just kind of give us a bit of motivation to, to keep going and we'll all be able to have that glass of Pims in the, in the pub garden sometime soon. That is the nicest idea, I love that. I love that, I haven't been um, righteous and done. I've sent lots of posts out. I've sent lots of hand calligraphied um, kind of postcards out to people who I know are on their own and not getting not getting much post um, other than you know the usual brown envelopes. Um, and <laughs> the responses I've had back from those have been really really lovely. Um, but a friend of mine was due. One of my best friends actually, Lucy, was due to be getting married um, last weekend, and has obviously had to postpone. And she, her family, dropped off a big kind of hamper filled with the wines that they were going to have at their wedding and the ingredients for a three course meal similar to that which they were going to eat and her family are Italian so it's all the kind of best ingredients of everything um, yeah. and she said it really just made their week it just made a very sad not very sad not you know tragic by any stretch but a, a difficult weekend when they felt they should have been doing something more positive i.e getting married just made it that much um, and I think yeah. I have been loving how the smaller gestures suddenly mean so much 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that I cannot imagine, I can't imagine getting married in the first place, but I cannot imagine, you know, being engaged and not being able to have that wedding for one. So what a lovely thing for your friend's family to do. Um, But also I love the fact that you've been sending handwritten letters and postcards. I love, love, love that. I'm probably quite old school when it comes to things like that. And equally, I have not many of my friends, I don't think would appreciate that in the way that it was meant. So, uh, you know, hearing you say that, I think that's, I think that's lovely. I mean, I could do it to my dad, but he lives, you know, not very far away. So it's not much point. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's strange. And I, obviously, we're talking lockdown shopping, we're talking, you know, lots of people kind of feeling that need to almost not compensate but you kind of treat yourself and you make yourself feel better by by buying little treats and as tempting as that has been I have managed to kind of restrict myself I was looking at some RM Williams boots though the other day um and yeah that would be a bit of a, a bit of a setback in cost but funnily enough I received through the um post a brochure for um like a horse uh, equestrian shop and brand and i have not signed up to this mailing list so i don't know where i've got it from but i'm very happily received it because now all i want to do is look at it and, and circle and tick all the things that i can buy simba who i can't ride at the moment but i'm sure he'd appreciate it i'm sure he will appreciate that I have to say, at the beginning, I tried very hard to make do and mend and uh, to kind of reappropriate things that I already had. And um, and I really was too taken aback by everything to contemplate online shopping. Um, but yeah, I ha- there have been some parcels. There have been some parcels delivered uh, all for me. Um, one really exciting one was a new mop. I don't know if that's a new high or a new low, but it definitely felt like a high. <laughs> um, it's the Ethanoff Mop from Amazon. I've been recommended it by two friends now, so I'm going to be giving that a go soon. And my other one was a pair of uh, tie-dye tracksuit bottoms. Ooh. See, I am on the lookout for a nice pair of tra- tra- trackies. Like, I definitely am. I do have a pair that I love, but they're just not kind of loose enough do you know what I mean I know exactly I am super passionate about this so yeah I you suggested that we talk to people more about how to style certain items and I think the one we are going to start with is hoodies and the first thing I will give away before we do that is it's got to be loose fitting it's got to feel like a hug yeah 100% hug hugging her just yeah and with the trackies I same I just I'm exactly the same. They have to be, you know, baggy and cozy and, you know, you should almost have to roll the top because they're a bit big. Um, and yeah, I am, I'm definitely on the lookout for, for some trackies. So let me know where you got those from because maybe tie-dye is not my, not my colour, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to brighten up the uh, the morning Pilates Zoom for people. <laughs> everyone's getting better. So I thought if I just appear in those, people will enjoy it. I bought a, um, I bought a, before lockdown, I bought a um, lovely, 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 it's like lilac denim jacket from Zara and 
Nice. I am not really like a, a bright color person. I'm, I'm quite neutral, kind of muted. But this, this for some reason just screamed at me and I needed to have it. And I haven't been able to wear it yet. And I'm like, I'm, I'm this tempted to just wear it down the yard because I just want, I want to wear it. And it's like summer in a jacket. Just, just chuck it on over a hoodie. <laughs> 100%. I need to see that. Please, can you put that on your Instagram? I didn't know I was thinking about it. I was like, mm, do I put it on just, just so I can wear it? Just so I can talk about it because I love it so much. Um, so yeah, maybe. <laughs> I want to see that. Lilac, it is all about lilac this season. It is the colour of the season. It's I don't think I've ever been on trend, so. <laughs> it was very much the colour last year, but it seems to have come through into this year as well. And it's, yeah, before the shops closed, I did see it creeping into, um, creeping into some quite fun things like denim jackets. I think that is a good investment. Amazing. Well, if you guys, if you've purchased any any cool, interesting lockdown things, then do get in touch on Instagram and let me know because I would love to love to see what you guys have been purchasing. Awesome. Well, that's probably us for this week. Yeah, I think so. We've had a good we've had a good chat, a good catch up, and hopefully you've you've enjoyed listening to us um, ramble on about what we've been up to and what we've been watching and cooking and buying. Um, because yeah, that's that's pretty much what we've been doing. <laughs> so we will bid you adieu for this week, but please, as always, we would really appreciate you rate, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. And we're always keen to improve. So let us know your thoughts. Thanks very much, guys. See you next week. Bye.